Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Five Star Movie Podcast, a movie podcast from two guys who are being charged with conspiracy to create a riot and who also sometimes watch movies. I am Ryan Hurley, and I'm here, as always, with my esteemed co-host. Sam Wolfkool's here. I'm kind of in a little bit of a bad mood, but I'm here. You're in a bad mood? Why are you in a bad mood? Well, I ordered some Chinese, and I wasn't expecting the sweet and sour chicken to be fried. I was hoping it'd be like chicken. You wanted like a like a nice grilled? You know, I grilled is too much to ask, but maybe just like <laughs> maybe like have it look like orange chicken. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I don't think you're expecting too much. <laughs> a little upset it's about a, that. We'll 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 keep it not about the uh not about the Chinese food today. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep it about, yeah, may, maybe if we get there. <laughs> you never know. Uh, what have you been watching lately, Wolf? Well, if you remember last week, I wasn't able to watch any movies Monday or Tuesday. So this week, I was able to carve out the time. And on Monday, I watched 8mm, which there is a lot to unpack in that film. And then <laughs> yesterday, I watched Olympus Has Fallen. Oof. Um, I don't really want to talk about either of these films, but um, that's kind of where my Monday and Tuesday went. Part of me thinks I would have been better off not watching a movie than going that route. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe you just uh, would have not caused yourself so much pain. <laughs> a millimeter was like, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that was what the movie was about. <laughs> I don't know what I thought it was, but I didn't think it was uh, about Nick Cage. Uh, trying to figure out who made a snuff film and meeting Joaquin Phoenix in his best performance to date playing Max California. I don't know why, but I, I always think that this movie has Al Pacino in it. Like I'm shocked looking at its letterbox page that Al Pacino is nowhere near this thing. Uh, He knew better. Catherine Keener is in it, which like, that's too bad. She deserves it. At least we know. At least we know she survived this one. Nobody else in this movie deserved better. Like Peter Stormare, like that. This is kind of a shtick, but Catherine Keener deserved better. Yeah, Peter Stormare. He just says yes to everything. Like you know how there's there's always some actors where you're just like, it doesn't matter what script like comes across his desk. Like he's gonna say yes to it. He's one of them. Um, Olympus had fallen. I don't even want to talk about that movie. The movie blows. There's a lot of really bad <laughs> CGI in that movie. That one, like that, that was the year. Uh, the, the year it came out, there was just two mediocre, like president, like near the White House is being mm-hmm. taken, which is Olympus has fallen, and then it's the other one that's like White House down or yep. something like that. Yep. <laughs> like, oh man, just a. Just you, you know, like normally when when people are copying each other in Hollywood, it's like one's good, you know, like you have Deep Impact and Armageddon. Mm-hmm. But then that was the year where it was just like both of them were bad. You didn't even get the good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, that's bad. There's, I don't know. I don't want. I was hoping I maybe was stumbling into like a fun little trilogy, and I think I'm gonna stop at uh, <laughs> at, at the source. But uh. <laughs> The one movie I do want to talk about is, I know you've seen this, is Westworld. Um, yes, sir. From 1973. This is a movie where, like, I don't think it was nearly as good as it could have been, but I still, like, very much enjoyed, like, what I watched. Agreed. Like, the the I can understand why they decided to make a TV show out of it, because it's a really cool idea. That really like carries the movie, but then when you're watching it, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is slow. Yeah. It it like took him a little bit to get there. And then like even the end kind of like took a while. Like my favorite part of the movie was like definitely like just like in the meat of it where they were like in like the amusement park. Like that's like I wanted like more of that. I like I I feel like it kind of jumped too quick to the robots malfunctioning. Yeah. It's it's funny too because you can kind of tell that that's like what Michael Crichton liked about the story because like they're just kind of there's like almost no there's almost no like hint of a plot like when they're just like messing around they're just like having a good time yeah and the, like gets to a point where they're like oh shit 
uh, we actually need to like have something happen here other than they're just like playing around. <laughs> and then that's when the robots start malfunctioning. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it, it was a cool movie though. I, uh, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I, it definitely got me into like the, like the, I kind of want to watch some sci-fi movie. Yeah. And that, and that led me, I don't want to talk about this movie because I want to hear what you watch, but I also watched Tron, the original this weekend. That movie looked yeah. sick. That movie <laughs> looked sick. It was, it was cool. What have you been watching lately? I have been watching, um, am I, I've been watching a, a lot of horror movies still. I, I finally, finally got to the end of that, know. um, uh, 70s horror list. Which I feel that's twenty eight films, and I did it in a, probably where me and my roommates did it in like about I think like eighteen days. I feel good. pretty accomplished for that. Yeah, I was like, wow, I've watched that that many films in this short of a time in a while. Um, what about Pixar? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. My my brain was scrambled after the Pixar. I <laughs> I couldn't think anymore. You were talking. <laughs> you were talking to random objects. You're like, this is a couple <laughs> I'm like I like still catch myself making references to like the Cars movies. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, but our, our our 70s horror list, uh, we capped it off. We decided to to end it on a bang, and we watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Definitely one of the better of the bunch, um, and it like it is really scary. Oh yeah. <laughs> These, uh, it, it's like a classic movie of like, if these kids, if I was doing what these kids were doing, there's just a thousand like moves that I would not make that they make, but and nevertheless, just like watching Leatherface, like pop out and kill them and like chase the girl with the chainsaw is it's terrifying. Um, I just remember watching that movie in my apartment and like the sound design is so good that like my whole apartment was like shaking the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so like the, the chainsaw is so loud and like, it just really like puts you in the state of terror. And then like the main girl, when it's just down to the one girl and she's like running, she is screaming so much that it like is hard not to also feel like a secondhand horror from that too. <laughs> I was terrified for her. I love that movie. I really, I can't get over the fact that they like let in a hitchhiker into their van. That's like a big like that wouldn't happen today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that especially a, a hitchhiker that weird. <laughs> just like pulls a knife, just cutting people. It's like what? What are we doing here? Get him out. Get rid of him. <laughs> I, I like when he takes the picture and the the guy that's in the wheelchair like looks at the picture and he's like, oh. This isn't even a good picture. <laughs> it's, it's like I think I think you're overlooking the like other like ten off-putting things that this guy is doing right now. Are you uh, going to go find any of the uh, you know reboots and sequels and whatever whatever they've done of Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, I probably won't actively seek them out just because I know that they're not at least i know like uh the most recent one is not like very well regarded so but um i certainly won't uh i certainly won't like say no if uh if i get asked about it i guess yeah i've never done it i've never really wanted to i've just kind of been like eh, i'm i'm like my 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 i'm pure i'm pure about it <laughs> yeah like it feels it doesn't feel like the movie was intending for there to be so many sequels. So I feel good to just like stopping at the one, you know? Yeah, I agree. Especially like if it means watching the other ones, I'm just going to get like put through pain of watching bad movies. Probably. What Have you been watching <laughs> anything else? Yeah. Then, so my, my one break from uh, the, uh, from uh, horror movies from the seventies, I watched uh, the usual suspects, which I've been for for whatever reason. Like, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Okay, so the you know, like the guy on the boat where they they come in and he's just like he's locked in there, and they like come in 
and and he just like sees the person that walks in and he goes like I'm telling you he's here it's Kaiser Scherze for some reason that line has been stuck in my head for like three weeks I've just been like this is the sign that I'm losing my mind like I, I've been just like walking around my apartment like yelling that <laughs> and so I was like okay I have to watch this movie and get this out of my head that is, that's not a bad movie to have to watch. No, I felt it had been a while since I'd seen it. Um, obviously, like, obviously, it's incredibly awkward watching it now, knowing that uh, Brian Singer directed it and that like, Kevin Spacey is the main character. But it's just, it's still a really good movie. Like, it still holds up really well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, like a, like a weirder watch, but like, the movie still whips. Like, it's so good. The, the, yeah, just, exactly. Oh, like the, the end of it when he's like bringing the whole thing together, being like, wait a minute, like he's just looking at things around. Oh, it's so good. Agent Kuyan having just like the best cup of coffee. And the, he has the biggest fucking smile on his face. And then he just sees all the things coming together. And he is so, so disappointed, rightfully so. It's a good movie. Not nominated for an Oscar, I don't think, which is a little, a little weird. Sad. It's kind of sad. I, I wish it would have at least gotten like a best screenplay or something. I wonder if it did. I just know it didn't get best picture, but I think Spacey won. Oh, we can look this up. We're the we're the Oscars guys. We can look this up. I know. Right? Every time, uh, every time Bill says like something. Oh, it did one screenplay. Just wasn't nominated for best picture. Oh, that's strange. What the hell was I, best picture? Yeah, Spacey and then Christopher McQuarrie for Christopher. Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> I, I I made this joke to my I I made this joke to my my roommate. I'm like, now I'm just gotta watch this, and it's not a Brian Singer or Kevin Spacey movie. It's just a Christopher McQuarrie movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Benicio the movie. There you go. Um, <laughs> what the hell is nominated for? I'm trying to think. Of what was '96? '97 was like the Titanic year, right? Or 98 was the Titanic here. Yeah, 98. Oh, then I don't even I don't have a clue in that case. <laughs> I was trying to think what came up before that. Um, here we go. Oh, my God. Braveheart beat Apollo uh, 13, Babe, The Postman, Sense and Sensibility. Sort of a... Did not age well. I, like I think Braveheart won that year, and like that's um that's just the age really poorly, just with the way uh, Mel Gibson has has behaved. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, since then, wow. Nick Cage won an Oscar though. Nick Cage, Al Susan Sarandon. Wow, fun year. Um, I also rewatched a movie this weekend. You're pro- I I finally showed my girlfriend The Village. Um, oh, what'd she think about it? She liked it. I, she thought we were gonna be. I, I like. I throw a lot of movies at her. That this is the point where she doesn't even like. It's in one year out the other. Cause I, I throw like ten movies a day whenever. Like, what do you want to watch? Do you want to watch this, this, this? And I think she like twenty five minutes in was like, what movie is this? So I'm like, The Village. She's like, Oh, I thought we were watching the Anya Taylor Joy one. I was like, No, 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 that's The Witch. <laughs> But she liked it. That's good. Did she, like, uh, as, as you were watching it, since you love it, were you just, like, telling her little, like, trivia facts and things like that? No, like, I... I mean, I've seen, like, hundreds of movies since I've seen that movie. So, like, I definitely didn't remember every beat. But, like, the last hour of that movie is still... Like, there's, I'm trying to... There's, like, one critical event that happens in that movie. Have you seen it? I have, but it's been it's been forever for me. When Joaquin gets stabbed by like Adrian Brody, that movie mm-hmm. just like hits this like, and they start to like kind of unravel like the uh, like the twist. And D- Bryce Dallas Howard goes into the woods. Like that movie's incredible. Bryce Dallas Howard is so fucking good in that movie. It's I, I don't know, I don't think he's had like nearly as good of a role since then. It's kind of sad that she hasn't. Like uh, I I feel like. I feel like uh, since then she's been not as able to like I guess disappear into a role if that makes sense you know she was uh she was uh I think of his name 
Ah, whatever. Elton John's mom in Rocket Man played Elton John. <laughs> Who was that? Elton John, Taryn Egerton. Taryn Egerton. There it is. He, yeah, she played uh, <laughs> his mom. Like aged her. It's weird. I don't really like that for. Her. She um, her accent in that movie is uh, not great. Not great. <laughs> I don't even know what she was doing. Oh, she's in the Jurassic World movies. Uh, so she's rich. Good for her. Yeah, and her dad's Ron Howard, so that's like rich on top of rich oh, too. God, she is just she's got money. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's double rich. <laughs> oh, man, that must be nice. If, if only, if only. She's in a music but, video. Uh, oh, okay, anyway, I'll move on from first. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're all good. Do you have a quick question for us this week? I feel like for me. Trial of Chicago Seven, like kind of like, kickstarted like my like Oscar season. There's always like one movie that does it. I think like a couple years ago it was A Star Is Born. A few years ago it was when I watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. I was like, oh, now we're in the Oscars, which that movie's awesome. Everyone's wrong. <laughs> Everybody's wrong. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't get the hate that that gets. I think people are just like thrown off by the weirdness, and then they they hate on it. Anyway. I'm trying to think of what it was last year for me. I don't even remember last year. That was what I, you know, honestly, that Oscar season was like once upon a time in Hollywood. And I was like, we're kind of in it now. And that was like <laughs> the summer. Yeah, it was crazy. There, but there was just stuff. There's at least stuff like one good thing coming out a month at least. Oh, I'm trying to think what it is. Maybe when I finally watched Marriage Stories, maybe when I went and saw Joker, then I was like, ah, we're in it now. Great. Anyway. So, <laughs> for better or for worse. So, what's what do you think this Oscar season is going to be like for you? Like, I don't know what your typical like routine is. Like, I know I'm super big on like reading like all the lists I can of being like, here's what might get nominated, and trying to watch all those movies. Like, what do you think this year's going to look like, especially with you know theaters being mostly closed? I think because of that, it's going to be a lot less crowded of a year. Like, I think we're going to see. I don't know what movie it's going to be like, um, you know, I think before like the dates got pushed back that uh, like Defy Bloods was like sort of something that was supposed to like be earmarked as like an Oscar movie. And uh, now that's kind of faded away. I don't know like what the one thing is that's going to like take everybody by storm, but I feel like there's going to be, so just since there's going to be less good stuff coming out, I feel like there's just going to be one that really, dominates i don't know which one that is though yet either because just all of the if this is going to be the weirdest no surprise this is going to be like the weirdest oscar season ever yeah because i don't know if you feel like this but i almost have no idea like what the 10 nominees would even be right now yeah i like i know for like my thought is to answer one of your questions i think i think it's going to be when mank comes out that's probably going to be the one that takes everybody mm. by storm even though i feel like there's a lot of people in this world who like lack the source material on that one i, I, I like to watch citizen kane a while ago just so, so, so i could watch mank and be like i know what's going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's probably a smart move yeah that's sort of like what you said too with uh uh once upon a time in hollywood where people reacted poorly to that because they didn't get the history i hope that's not true of mank as well oh it definitely will be Anyway, hundred percent will be. Like, um, Twitter is going to let me down again. Hey, you know what? All I'm saying is, I might have been Amanda Seyfried's agent getting her in there. I finally got my wish. She's going to be in a good. Yeah, movie. that's true. Amanda Seyfried and Lily Collins actually going to be in like good movies. Oh, Jeez. wasn't she? Was she the Lily that was in Baby Driver? Or was that Lily James? That's Lily James. Oh, Lily Collins she's, is, she's the, the, is the uh, 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 blindside girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins' daughter. Nice. Uh, they're the same person. What were you saying? Though I, I derailed you. I'm sorry. Um, I think my trouble with this Oscar season is like I, I'll watch probably everything that goes to streaming that like people like. <clears throat> Sub. I'm kind of torn up if I'm going to watch Rebecca or not. I kind of want to watch the OG before I watch the new one. I think that's what I'm going to try and do too. That seems a little more fun. You know? Um, I agree. Um, but I'm still like a cheapskate about this $20 
PVOD. So I'm going to be really curious to see how, first off, I'm curious how they're, how well they're actually doing on that. And I'm wondering how many of these like movies that are going to be like Oscar darlings are going to go that route. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope not many because like they can't, they can't be doing so well. Right. Because um, I firmly believe that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, they would have done like, they're keeping like, you know, all the Netflix movies are staying, but like, you know, every other major studio release, they're like pushing. So I feel like if, uh, if they were doing so well that they, they would be like, ah, you know, we'll throw a few things in here in PVOD, but they're just not. <laughs> uh, speaking, this is like not speaking of the Oscars, but I forget who it was, but they released like their like updates on when they're pushing movies to. And like one of the studios pushed up this movie called The Empty Man, which is like <laughs> a horror movie. Um, it's in, it's premiering in theaters this weekend. I might go. Um, except for the one fact that it's two hours and 17 minutes. Oh. That's, that's too long. But uh, um, it seems like the studio, like that kind of made me think of the fact that studios seem to be like strategic about this, where they're like, here's our movies that are actually good. We're going to push them all back. Everything else, let's just get, let's just get it out of here. <laughs> it, yeah, like it's just a, it's just very disappointing, like, watching every time they push stuff back, and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be a very empty year. Damn it. I don't think I've rated a movie. I have not seen The Five Bloods yet. Let me preface with that. Or I'm thinking of any things. But I haven't, not, I haven't rated a movie above four stars yet for this year. I believe that's the, I believe that's the same for me. Oh, I gave, I gave The Last Dance, but that's not an Oscar consideration, so... Like, once again, there you go. Yeah. Like, if you... Here would be my, like, top five. Top five? Here would be my top... Here would be my top five, like, were the year to just end now. And and we were just, like... And these were the movies that could be... So, it's The Five Bloods, Emma, Trial of the Chicago 7, spoiler alert. And uh, the Invisible Man, and then the Way Back, like that. Just like none of those movies would be sniffing my top five in a normal year, though. Like that's kind of disappointing. My top five, and it's gonna be a good segue for us. Is these? I've only given five five movies four stars. (laughs) I've given Tenet four stars, so it'd be Tenet, Palm Springs, uh, Never Really, Sometimes Always. And then a Netflix original, the half of it. I really liked that movie. A lot of people bitch and moaned about it, but I liked it a lot. And then Trial of Chicago 7. Like, yeah, I mean, there, there you go. Like, it's in it. And that's just so disappointing. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to have an Oscars where, like, you're just very ho-hum about the movie. No, that'd be lame. Oh, there's Birds of Prey. Get Birds of Prey an Oscar now. That was 2020. <laughs> you know what? Yes, sir. What's the last movie you watched in in theaters uh, before uh, before going? Into oh, onward. I went by myself. There was onward. nobody else in the theater. It was the it was the day I took the, took the last CPA exam. Went home. I got back. I got back <laughs> in Illinois. I was like, I'm gonna go see Onward because I like was supposed to see it like the Thursday before my exam, but I was like, I got I got to study. So I like I like basically just like let the ticket like die. And then I went to Randall all by myself. That's actually not a bad one to to be your last one before. What was yours? Everything went shit. Mine was Emma, oh. which you know that's probably my favorite movie that I saw in theaters this year. So that's good at least. I was at least happy about that. <laughs> I think mine's Tenet because I was able to see that in a theater. I yeah I. Tenet, like Tenet, was a fun one to just kind of go back to, you know, because I mean I, I saw that at a drive-in, but like it just whether it's the best movie or not, it just fucking felt good to like be watching a movie again, like a new movie. Are you ready to discuss our movie club? Movie club? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into a, another new movie 
came out last Friday. Um, it is the new Aaron Sorkin directed and written by movie uh, that is not grammatically correct. And uh, he would call me out for that. But it's the trial of the Chicago seven. Um, what did you think about this movie? Wolf? I enjoyed it. I really liked, I really, I really liked it. I, uh, I, I didn't, I had some like weird expectations going in. Like it was getting a lot of love, but also like getting some like people who like really were against it. And the movie's like really Sorkin-y, almost to a fault. Like there's a lot of like back and forth that are like, okay, like maybe a little less wit wouldn't kill you. Um, <laughs> but the courtroom scenes like were were, were really electric. Um, I think I wish he had tapped like like put in Yaya Abdul Mateen a little more. I think he was like whenever he was talking, I was like, time to listen. Yaya's talking. Agreed. He was he was so good in the movie. Uh, and yeah, did it did it, it? Well, I guess first of all, I should say I really enjoyed this movie too. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, like you said, just like a cra- classic, like awesome courtroom thriller. Um, but yeah, I I um, I guess the the place I want to start is like, why do you think that people are some people are reacting so negatively to this because it is weird. Like it kind of seemed almost like it got mixed reviews, even though I think most people are pretty positive on it just because some people were like really hardcore hating on it. I think it's because Aaron Sorkin has so many like different places you can watch his work. And I think everybody was like, "Ugh, it's just going to be a movie with a bunch of people like quipping and it's going to be corny and this and that. And, and then it was because that's what Aaron Sorkin does. And yeah. I think people were like, "Ugh, I don't want this. And it's like, well, if this was his first movie, would you have felt this poorly about it? Like, is it just like you're done with it? Like, I, I don't know. I guess pe- maybe people just weren't into it, but. That's that was my thought. With I don't really know. I mean, it's really corny. That like the end of it was like, yeah. what is this? Like, come on! <laughs> A big eye roll at the end of this movie. Yeah, and like <laughs> I also hate to see Eddie Redmayne on my on my screen, but I definitely don't think it like was like anything worse than maybe three stars. But I mean, I gave it four. But anything lower than like three, I feel like maybe it just wasn't for you going in, and you kind of knew that, but you were excited to be able to say you didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great point. Like, I think too, like, there's just some, I think part of it all also is just like some people want to be like the film bro hipsters that are like, oh, everybody loves this Aaron Sorkin guy. I'm going to go out there and just pick it apart. Right. But like, I, you know, like, I, I know you and I are both really like Sorkin stuff and like, while I do like him better when he's not directing his own stuff, it's like Sorkin is still a Sorkin movie is still a Sorkin movie. So like, you know, like you said, it's so much him to like, to a definite fault, but I still like that. Yeah. I'm always happy to get more of that, you know? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of like one specific scene where it's just like, Oh, there's so much Sorkin here. Definitely when, uh, Eddie and, Sasha Bear Cohen are going back and forth near the end of yeah. the movie. And that was just like I don't I don't know if like not, like no one in this movie kind of felt like they were like the perfect Aaron Sorkin mold. Like there wasn't like a fast talking like <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg or like um or like even like Fastbender was really like really gnawed on what was going on, which was definitely a shame. Yeah. But, uh, there's a lot of Sorkin in this movie, which is fine. I, I, uh, I definitely like there were different points where someone would say something and I was like, oh, I bet he loved that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the lines that, that like Sasha Baron Cohen or our boy Jeremy Strong from Succession get, like they're definitely they're definitely the ones that get like the best lines and I really like them in it. But yeah, like most of the other performances I'm just like, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. Jeremy Strong got like the most ridiculous of the witty lines though, where like he would always just kind of be like chilling and then like someone would say something and he would come in with like the perfect, like I'm kind of stoned, but I have the perfect response to this. He did it like seven different <laughs> times. It was ridiculous. <laughs> He's just a, a very witty version of the, uh, of the hippie car in cars. 
that's always that's what he reminded me of in this movie. That's what his, his like. I don't know if you could call it an accent. That's what his voice sounded like, though. He was wild, just wild. <laughs> Good for him, though. I, lo- I loved this role. Yeah, he was a the, like them being the two like. I, I like I like their characters because they're almost. You you think that they're gonna be like just comedic relief, you know? Like they, I think they kind of almost are like Cheech and Chong or something like that. And and then, but then they're like also really smart too. So you're like sitting there and you're like, okay, I actually like these guys. There's like a reason for them being in this. Like, yeah, I they they bring a lot to the table here. Okay, they're good. I liked when they came dressed like the judge, and then. They like took off their they took off the judge outfit and they were dressed like cops. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so funny. Any anytime they were like trolling the, the judge in this movie, it was it was a good part because the judge is like incredibly frustrating to watch in this. Uh, speaking of which, would you say this movie is the peak of being held in content of the court, meaning literally nothing? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Because except for except for when they gag, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's then it, then it definitely meant something. <laughs> but all the other times, he's just like, "You're in contempt of court," and it's like, "Okay, you, you throw it, throw me another one. Why don't you?" And my cousin Vinny. Every time uh, Joe Pesci got held in contempt of court, he had to spend the night in jail. <laughs> and he had to pay a fine. <laughs> it's the only time you get a good night's sleep. I love that movie. <laughs> Mark Rylance in this, uh, he got 24 counts. Imagine, <laughs> Vinny could definitely not do that. Mark Rylance was <laughs> so good in this movie. I forgot about that. He was, he like held the movie together. Yeah, he's a real like glue character in this. Like, I feel like, I feel like he doesn't necessarily get like a huge speech, even though he obviously is like the prosecutor. So he's peppering questions at people a lot. But like, um, there's not like one speech where you can put your finger on. But like, just consistently in every scene, he's like interesting to watch. He's like brings a kind of like empathy to the character that was really needed. I think his best scene was with Michael Keaton when they like mm-hmm. put Michael Keaton up on the stand, and there's no jury, and he like gets the answer he needs, and he's like, "All right, so we're gonna let him in." And Franklin Jell is like, "Nah." That's okay. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna let him be. Like we're not gonna let the jury hear this. Oh, that was a good scene. That was a great scene because then you finally got to see like Frank Langella, who like was just like hated the hated the like the eight of them, and then suddenly the like the attorney general's up here and he's like, "Oh, how are you, sir? What can I do for you, sir? What do you want to do, sir?" Yeah, I, I and um, I also like the moment too. Like a, a point that Mark Rylance really shined into was. Because they they set up the thing where Franklin Jella as the as the as the judge like raises his voice and that's really the only way that he ever like gets control of things is when he yells and then there's that one moment where Mark Rylance yells back I think it's when they're like bickering over the uh, representation for uh, the lawyer for for Yaya and like um, I thought that was a really great scene too that was definitely like a moment where I was like whoa okay. Good job, guys. I feel like there's a whole movie to be made about Yaya in this film. Like, Agreed. We might be getting it. Maybe that's what, like, Judas and the Messiah. Is that what it's called? I think, is it, is it, uh, is it the Black Messiah? Judas and the Black Messiah. All I know, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah with our, our, our boy Daniel Kaluuya, who we both love, and then, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And Jesse Clemens. Yeah, and Martin Sheen too. I'm looking at Martin it now. Sheen. Oh wow, that, that's that's sick. Anyway, um, that'll be good. That'll be really good. But yeah, I'm pumped for that. There's a lot to unpack with the Yaya Abdul Mateen character that I don't think got fully unpacked. But um, <clears throat> you definitely like felt some of his pain. Agreed. I definitely think too that like um, that that character is definitely like sort of a, a stand in for some of the issues that obviously is like become really apparent or, or really talked about like during our, the, the past few months. And I think one of the frustrating things about that care, a that character going away so quickly 
and be that character not really being like one of the main guys is that like they kind of lightly sprinkle some of that stuff in and you're supposed to like be able to fill in the blanks and like feel like we solved that by the end of this movie but like uh, they we a we really haven't obviously in real life but be like they just don't go into that enough in depth in this movie. It's a little frustrating. Yeah, I don't think Aaron Sorkin had any real like interest. I feel like he just was like, you know what? We're gonna give you some good, some couple good scenes, and then like we don't really care about this part of it. Yeah, exactly. Like it was almost like Aaron Sorkin himself was also being like, this was about the Chicago Seven, so we're gonna just kind of shuffle this guy off. Yeah, yeah. Halfway through the movie, I I don't know if the movie got. I don't know if the movie got better or worse with when he left. I think it got a little worse because I liked seeing him. I, I I always enjoy when he was on the screen. But uh, um, you're right. That wasn't like that wasn't what the movie was about. I think when he's when he when he leaves too, and the movie gets like a little bit more uh, gimmicky as well. Like that's when Sorkin starts doing like the really Sorkin-y stuff. Like like you said, like the. Uh, the scene where it's Eddie Redmayne talking to talking to uh, Mark Rylance and then they're playing the tape and then they're playing what happened on the tape and then they're also cutting to like Sasha Baron Cohen doing like stand up at I the comedy that. cellar or something. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but like you could tell like it was kind of like moments where the scenes were showing where I was like, I want that either in the whole movie or that should be cut because like it just kind of comes in halfway through. And then you're like, wait, what, what, huh? It just kind of comes out of nowhere. (laughs) I really enjoyed watching Sasha Bear Cohen, like, do stand-up. I can't believe they, like, let a defendant in, like, a giant case like this do that. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane, right? And and then... (laughs) Obviously, the uh, the lawyers just being like, "Do not do this. Why do you keep going out and doing this?" Did they serve their full sentences? That was a big question I had with this movie. I we don't could, know. See, I, that, but like, I'll I'll probably be um, uh, looking at the Wikipedia page as as we speak. I so one of the interesting things was was that we did. Um, I so I think we talked about this a little bit last week where you and I were saying like I I don't really like know that much about this event. Right. And it's kind of crazy because I actually did learn about this in school and I still don't know that much, which you know, maybe that's a failing of the uh <laughs> Illinois school system. But I think it but like it is kind of weird that like this kind of uh this ends on such like not a in real life, it ends on such, like, not a oomph, you know, like, very much like a whimper. Yeah, I don't know anything about the event. This event was, like, <laughs> I got it mixed up. Like, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. I got it mixed up with the Central Park Five at first, uh, which... Yeah. Uh, just, the, just, the, just the numbers and the trials. And it, it all seemed like the same thing, but obviously I know they are not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh... Uh, that's a there's another uh very very frustrating but but good um <laughs> netflix miniseries about that one oh, if you want to watch no. it it's a it's a heavy it's a it's a heavy one <laughs> i i don't know if i could out and out recommend that the central park five uh miniseries just because uh i'm i'm not about to just be like hey have fun being depressed for like <laughs> Four hour and a half episodes. Count me out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think like I think it's interesting that this one like he's tackling something that I don't feel like a ton of people know a lot about, and then you get to the end and they like try to make it seem like um try to make it seem uh like like it was this big. It, like it was this big like message to the rest of the United States that like you know this is what uh, this this is the revolution that we've got to undergo or whatever and I feel like that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> no, but the whole world is watching though. Yeah, and, and including all of us right now. 
in uh, in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I really do wonder like how much of an effect this really had. I don't know. I mean, all the same problems still exist that this movie addresses. So I, what did it really do? Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of my big big critiques. Like like we were saying, like the it's it's a little bit too corny. And like that, especially like when it ends and they're reading the names and everybody's standing up and cheering and it stops and like, you're just kind of sitting there as the viewer and you're like, okay, this is supposed to seem like, like we changed everything after this, but it's also like, well, clearly this is resonating with us now. So not so much really could have changed if that's the uh, case. I can, I, I agree. I didn't really think about that, but I agree. You're, you're completely right with that. I have a question for you. Did you um, did you like this better or worse than Molly's game? Um, I think in the moment, like when I saw both for the first time, I'd say I liked Molly's game more. But like revisiting Molly's game a little bit, I wasn't like, I still liked it, but I wasn't as like, wow, this is like incredible. So I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder. But this one didn't have Jessica Chastain, so. yeah true that 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 just like the one that one not being like an ensemble actually kind of like helps sorkin you could just pour it all into like one character that you just really really like but i think really helps yeah i like uh i like that movie a lot i think i think Charles chicago seven is probably a better movie um but it was probably also Probably a little different. He had the Netflix monster backing him with this one, and the other one. I mean, you don't really see movies like Molly's Game hit the theater anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Like you just don't. And and really, I mean, with this one, he is lucky that Netflix backed him on this one too, because I feel like you don't see that many of these, uh, like really, you know, popular. Um, courtroom dramas that made that much anymore like i think i think maybe the the last one that really even tried was um, uh just mercy and that kind of came out with like a, a a whimper so i was at least happy to see that like people were watching this and that <laughs> that it was good they screwed up the, i will I'll, I'll die on this they screwed up just mercy the movie came out in like january like what happened just released yeah. it in november i don't understand what they were doing they did one of those like weird like rolling releases, but they just didn't like they, they just didn't like drum up enough like interest in it, and then it it just came and went. It was so, and then eventually they had to like make it free earlier this quarantine in order to get people to watch it. It was so sad. I think I think Charles Chicago Seven in a non-COVID world would have had a shot in the theaters, but I do think Netflix is ultimately the best place for it. I so uh, here's here's another thing too. Do you think do you think that this would have been making the same kind of waves if in in a non quarantine world? If it was released on Netflix, it, yeah, same same release, but like you know, we're not we're not quarantining at home. We're still going to our jobs and hanging out on the weekends and whatnot. I think it'd be a bit. I almost think it'd be a slightly. Maybe, uh, you know, I think there'd be more talk about it because I think this would be like, oh, like, look at that. Like, like the Oscars are around the corner. Here's a movie that really could make an Oscars buzz. Like, you got to watch this. Then you can talk about how it compares to like, oh, like we just went and were able to see like insert movie here that got pushed back to 2021. And like you could talk about in like the perspective of the whole year. Now, like we're kind of forced to just talk about it in like just like the movie itself. And you would actually have people to talk to about it. Kofi was going wasn't going on that's a really good point like we would have been I didn't even think about that but you're 100% right like maybe even if we weren't necessarily like talking about the movie like the plot and such I feel like yeah like months from now we would be like does circuit have a shot at like best adapted screenplay um is are any of these actors going to get nominated and now it's like it's in such a vacuum and you know like we were saying at the top of the show like we would be in the thick of Oscar season right now, but um, you know, obviously we're not because we pushed back the deadline. So now it's like, has Oscar season 
even really started yet? Is this going to is this going to even get nominated? I, I kind of feel like it has to, but like you just have all those questions now. They really should have just made like they shouldn't have pushed it back. They should have just been like, you know what, twenty twenty is going to be a strange year. If you want to release your movie, release your movie. Good luck in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like, it doesn't matter. It's just a bunch, yeah, it's just I, a bunch of awards. Like it doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah, we're we're giving out like sports trophies for art. The, the two don't really compute. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you and I love the Oscars, but also like, I I think it's like you can't place too much importance on them at the end of the like, day. You watched *The Usual Suspects*, which is like, you know, if you, you it's universally seen as like a great movie. That wasn't even nominated for Best Picture, so. Yeah, I, I don't know why they moved the dates, but you're right. I do think this will get nominated for Best Picture. And then um, if you had to pick two... Mm, how many actors would you nominate from this movie for Best Supporting Actor, given I don't really think there was a lead? I, I could almost see them... Okay, this is a... I So I could almost see them nominating two people and putting Sasha Baron Cohen in lead... And then, and then, wow. like, what if they were like, hey, well, I guess I was going to say, like, what if they attempted to push Michael Keaton as supporting? But I think he's even, I don't even think that that's like an Oscars enough, enough role, really. Maybe we get another Mark Rylance nomination. I'm kind of thinking, what if they throw Mark Rylance in leading? Um, because he already has an Oscar, so he wouldn't win. It would just be like, let's just fill a name. Yeah, and then yeah. in supporting, I think Sasha Bear Cohen, I think he would like probably win that at this point in the year. And then I think you got to put, not Michael Keaton, that's a good idea. But I would probably put um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen in there and just be like, and give him some love. Because like his like, few scenes were like electric like he was the best thing on the screen for his scenes i think too in like a very meta oscars way like not necessarily focusing on the performance but just the oscars liking stars and like star power uh nominating yaya would be really smart because he's he's becoming more famous every year like he's he's a really good act good actor he's you know, he's been in stuff, I think, for like a few years now that I've seen at least. But like now he's starting to really blow up. If you gave him a nomination now, it could be like, a, oh, the Oscars, the Oscars saw how good this guy was. You know, what movie did we watch this year that uh, had a minute? It was like kind of sad. It was really sad about the guy who went to jail with his dad, who was played by Jeffrey Wright. Oh, was sad. Yeah. Oh my God. All day yeah. and night or something. Like that. He was good in that too. Man. He was. He was the best part of that movie. Oh my God. I forgot about that. That came out. Uh, I watched too many movies. Um, there, there you go. I mean, us, us forgetting that movie. Uh, you know what I remember about that movie? I remember one thing, which is Ashton Sanders rapping and you're supposed to sit there and think it's like a really good rap and then you're like eh, this isn't that good horrible <laughs> so bad oh, <laughs> it was so bad um do you, do you i i think i know uh what the answer is here I, and at least i know what the answer should be here do you think sorkin gets any consideration as director for this I, movie i this doubt year? it um he might get like a few people being like, "Oh, what about Aaron Sorkin?" But I'm like, "Well, I'm like, well depends what gets released this year." Yeah, like that's the tough thing is like what, um, because I think I think like the the one thing that it, pretty much everybody dogs Aaron Sorkin on across the board, whether they're fans or not, is like his directing is not as good as his writing. It's definitely true in this one. Like, if he were to get a nomination, it would feel really weird. But also, like, I'm not, like, I'm not sure who the other, who the five nominees would be that would would beat him I'm out. I'm trying to think of what have you think watched maybe, this year that would like 
I feel like it's stuff that's yet to come. Yeah. Maybe Pencil and Fincher, for sure, for Mank. Yeah. Um, I think maybe Chloe Zhao for, for Nomadland. I could I'm see. that too. Um, who's doing A Promising Young Woman? That movie's getting a lot of like... That movie's got a ton of buzz. Oh. Um... Oh geez. Uh, what else is coming out that has buzz? I don't that movie I think that movie has a release date. I don't know when. Could, could this be the year that Spike gets a, a a nomination for Five Bloods? Oh. I could see that. What about your guy, Charlie Kaufman? Oh man. Uh we've uh we've talked about this before. I think he uh is just cribbing different influences, but is as uh, generic of a director as as Aaron Sorkin is of his own movies. So I um <laughs> I, I would say no. I would if say they really no. wanna <laughs> lean into streaming, they should give one to the guy from Palm Springs, Max Barbacow. That'd be awesome. That'd be shocking. I, I agree. <laughs> Like, like if I, if it was if it was my choice, like give give that guy a nomination and give like either either give the director of Emma a nom right now, or uh, give Gavin O'Connor for for uh, the way back. Give one to Eliza Hitman for uh, Never Really, Sometimes Always. Uh, that would be a nice uh, one. Have William Eubank for Underwater. <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, actually, like, that would be a genu- genuinely good one. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. That poor movie. That movie, like, came out, like, right before the pandemic. That and First Cow. They, like, came out right before everything, like, disappeared. Yeah. So, so like, right before it, too, that, like, I had been meaning to go see both of those, and then I've still... They just got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I... First, we need to do a damn movie club on that sometime soon or something because I really wanted to see that movie and then and then everything happened and it just got like just got swept away. I feel so bad for yeah, Kelly. When do you want to do it? I'm down whenever. I really want to see this movie. Yeah, I. D- you know, maybe we'll we'll pencil it into a future show. We've been we've been doing the movie clubs, so just a, just. And then maybe it we needs can to stream. Talk it just about needs to be free. Like I don't get why it's not free. Yeah, yeah but which is frustrating too because A twenty four normally does such a good job rolling out movies that really like to do They are being like they're being like the weirdest it seems. Like their movies like aren't coming out. They're just like not releasing anything. Yeah, that or um, what is it, like Saint Maud? That that didn't come out. I think because they do like television as well, mm. they just are, are like, well, we'll hold on to the movies. The other movie, if it does come out outside of just Sundance that got a lot of love was Minari. <clears throat> yeah. And that one just got a trailer too. So I, I think we'll see that one this year. Maybe a first time nom for the director of Minari. Maybe Steven Yoon will get a nom. That'd be cool. I actually would really like that. Steven Yoon's kind of good. I liked him. I like Steven. I liked him a lot as Glenn. In in The Walking Dead. His um his like post Walking Dead career too is is very interesting where like it seems like it, it, in a in a smaller version of of like Robert Pattinson or um uh Kristen Stewart he's just like I'm going to do like the exact opposite of what people like I'm, I'm going to do the exact opposite of like just hopping in another big blockbuster like I'm just going to make interesting indies. I, like, I like that about him I think uh, I think it'll it'll uh, it'll make him age well I think um, speaking of speaking of which you're a rich man do you want to buy me a $48 uh, A24 candle oh I, I, I can't even afford one for myself Oh my god, there's some cool <laughs> Oh, actually this is a little off topic, but I really wanted to buy this hat today. It was $25. It had the logo for the high school in Halloween. Oh, you should I, have. I got a weird head. A little, little splurge. I got a weird head. <laughs> you know, sometimes too there's there's just hat people and not hat people. I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen you like genuinely wearing a hat for an extended I used to be period a major of time. Major hat guy. 
and then I got glasses going into like eighth grade and I just never like it didn't look good. And I love wearing a hat when I have like short hair like I do now. I just want to like my I got a big head. So like different hat like 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 your all size fits most like doesn't fit my head the right way. It's like nope. That's yeah, that's always a pain in the ass. I remember uh did you used to be a uh, a snapback guy? Did you get snapback hats? That was in high school when I was trying to like bring hats back, but I used to just wear like like a ball cap. I had like a Notre Dame one I wore all the time. There you go. You always gotta like. I always do make sure I at least have one hat because it's like there's nothing better than just like a I got a bad hair day. I'm just tossing on the hat and I'm I'm going out. I'm, do my thing. I don't blame you, dude. I, start, I think I might go to Lidge this weekend and buy a hat. I really want a hat. Like when I'm working, I just want a hat. Yeah, just wearing a hat, just a snug in the hat on your head. I think it's a good spur- splurge. I think. Uh, I think we can put uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven to bed here. Um, do you have any parting thoughts that you want to want to? I wonder how this movie would work on a rewatch. Well, I got one I got one final thought. One final thought. Eddie Redmayne was terribly cast. He's playing a character that he's probably he looks too old. He's playing what? He's playing like a 22-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like a 30-year-old man in I, college. <laughs> like, I really disliked that. I was like, oh, it's just like some weird guy that came back to college to run the young, like whatever the hell you are. But <laughs> I don't know. That that bugged me. That I, bugged me. I didn't really like that we were kind of supposed to be like rallying around him at the end too because I didn't really like his character that much in this movie. I mean, it's, it's like it's just another part that made the movie feel – the ending feel like – really cheesy that, yeah it's almost like that was supposed to be like why you were in on him like oh like he's doing this like i'm back i'm an eddie redmayne guy the other guy who they did that gave that same bullshit to was jordan joseph gordon levitt who we've not talked about yet which i there's probably a reason for that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's because he's completely boring he, in this movie he's terrible like, well that's not fair but I, he wasn't good I, I used to really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt too, and like this, he, it's almost like he's not trying in this movie. Uh, honestly, it's almost like he has like the Kevin Bacon role from A Few Good Men, but he's just given like way less to do. Yeah, that's true. He's like not even in the movie that much, and we kind of like start with him. It's very strange. Well, it's like, very you strange. Start with him, and you're led to believe that like he's basically like. Like, obviously, he's going to, like, do his job, but, like, he, like, kind of agrees with, like, the other side. But then, like, the whole next part of the movie, they make you believe that, like, he's basically fully become on the other side. And then the end of it, he's, like, standing. He's, like, I'm standing. And it's, like, hell yeah. I knew you would do it all along. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's it, it just doesn't feel – it doesn't feel earned at all. It doesn't feel earned at all. That was That was my final thought. Overall, though, four out of five. I really enjoyed it. I told my parents to watch it because they'd recognize some people. Um, and I don't know if I'd ever rewatch this movie. I'll be like, I'll be honest. I don't know if this would ever be like, ah, oh, I want to sork it. I'm going to fire up trial Chicago seven. Yeah, I agree with that. Like not the best Sorkin. Um, you know, I, I really, I want him to keep working. I want him to keep doing genres like this, but I want him to stop directing his scripts so that there's like somebody to edit and kind of challenge him. I think that that's like the big issue with this movie, even though like, yeah, I gave it a four out of five. I liked it too. Um, But yeah, like there's just like a little bit of editing, a little bit of massaging, um, some better casting, probably like teasing more interesting performances out of certain people that would have made this movie a lot better. But um yeah, I mean, it's a, this is just a fun like courtroom drama. Um, I think it. I think you, you said something smart uh, by saying you recommended it to your parents because I feel like parents everywhere will really like this movie. It's you know, it's based on a true story. Frank Langella's in it. Like, 
what more could they ask for? There's a lot of speeches. There's a lot of there's a lot of going for it in the in the acting. I think uh, I think there's a lot for parents to like. I enjoyed watching a new movie though. That was fun. I think that was a uh, a good um, good place for us to try it out. Yeah, it felt it felt good, and we'll definitely as as new interesting stuff comes up, we'll definitely keep trying to trying to hit them with movie clubs here. I think, and there. I'm trying to think of um, what what I know that's on the docket. That hillbilly elegy movie sounds interesting. Whenever that comes, yeah, that and then. Um, uh, Spike Lee's uh, American Utopia. I'm going to be watching that sometime this week. I don't think we're doing a movie club for that, but I think that will be something we kind of hear a little bit about going forward. Obviously, Mank. We're definitely going to be doing a Mank episode. Are we going to do a Greenland one? Oh, early 2021? Ugh, I thought that was coming sooner. Damn it. I really want to see that movie. Every time, every time they just everything's been pushed. It's so frustrating. And woman in the window. Whenever that comes out, never. Yeah, they've they've just uh, they've just put that in a filing. It, you know, like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you just see the the Ark of the Covenant like going into the whole like storage of the museum. That's that's what they did with the woman in the window. Be mad. Just give. Just let me see it. Just give give it to me. <laughs> It, the powers that be need to just send you a copy, send you a, like, a screener right now. I'm ready. Oh, here we go. Apparently, j- j- January 1st, 2021. <laughs> God only knows where. Great. New Year's Day. Wow. They're like 2021. You got yeah, the woman I in the window. This is just some fake website. I don't believe this website. They're, they're just stringing you along. It won't be until like January 2025. It'll be like that uh, that movie about the light. Um, uh, current current war, current event. You don't know talk about yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just never oh, gonna get that. Speaking thing. of movies, we were never ever gonna get the rainy day. Rainy a rainy day in New York is playing at the Indie Theater by me. Um, yeah, wow. I don't want to see that. I'll be completely honest. like I want to, but I. Don't. I don't want to. So, uh, as somebody that has watched a lot of Woody Allen movies, I like want to watch it out of morbid curiosity. But uh, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be the person that rates it on Letterboxd and then just like an entire firestorm of anger so comes after me. I've always thought Selena Gomez was such a good actress. So, like, I want to see your act again. And Timothy Chalamet too. I thought that was exciting. Chalamet plays Woody Allen. He's like, I'm kind of out on that. You know what I mean? He doesn't play. He plays the (laughs) role that Woody used to play. Yeah, he plays. He plays the Woody Allen character. It's uh, Woody Allen has another movie coming out this year too. Woody? What? Woody Allen? Yeah, yeah. Rifkin's Festival. It's, uh, it's got Wallace Shawn, Christoph oh Waltz. What? Isn't it? Gina Gershon from uh, Showgirls fame. Great movie. I've never seen it. I kind of want to. Keeps popping up. <laughs> <laughs> Richard oh Kind's God. in it. Ah, well, we'll leave that for another day, though. Uh, you want to tell the folks what we're doing next week? Rifkin's Festival. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're watching Wonder Wheel, the Woody Allen film starring and then uh, Kate a few Winslet. years later. We're going to come out and talk about how we wish we hadn't, uh, you know, done that podcast at that time. Yeah, we actually donated all of the salary to charity. Shout out to uh... Anyway, we're going to watch <laughs> Beef from 1981. It's Michael Mann's first feature film. You can find it on Vudu for three ninety nine. As that's where I'll be finding it, and we'll probably touch a little bit on our other Michael Mann thoughts. I got, I got some Michael Mann thoughts for sure. Yeah. We'll def- uh, we both got Michael Mann thoughts for sure. We're both, uh, we both love Michael Mann on this. This is a pro Michael Mann podcast Maybe we'll for sure. we'll just do a collateral uh, pod real quick. <laughs> yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I just want to emphasize the fact that unlike our competitors, the, uh, the rewatchables, we, we do tell people what we're going to watch, you know, so you can actually go and watch was along. This, was that last week or two weeks ago where we just did it? <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago. Then, then, then we fucked up the technical end of the pod, too. Oh, so, shit. you know, and it's just a, just a lost pod now. It's a, that'll be someone can find that someday. Somebody, somebody can hear half of our conversation about it. And then hopefully, maybe someone was like <laughs> videotaping my apartment, and that's where they can find the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. You had like a peeping tom that is going to 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 mail us a, a videotape of a. Uh... And then <laughs> Nick Cage. Then I can hire Nick Cage to go figure out who uh, who filmed it. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, we'll make it into a movie. Should be a doc. Let's do it. A millimeter two. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. No. Nine millimeter. Sixteen millimeter. Probably be. Yeah. Well, we'll leave we'll leave it until next week for Thief. <laughs>